ready, Jerry? I'm ready. Just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Show me the money. Oh, you didn't know? Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. You put my shoes on, you wouldn't last a mile. Summertime, when it's time, I'm on the grind. Yeah, I got the ring, I'm the champ, I'm the genie of the lamp. This is the gift I was given, so I just live by my hustle. Okay, let's go smoke that joint. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. You're talking to KD, the show Tuesday. We talked to KD. We're going to talk about the NFL uh, week 11. Uh, just got done. Uh, had the Monday night game last night. Uh, and we're going to talk about some of the power rankings and stuff moving around. Uh, as, as I do this each and every week, um, don't forget to make sure you like subscribe, comment to the uh, the Hustler TV network. Um, also, if you want to go ahead and uh, become a Patreon or anything like that, uh, be sure to reach out to him. I will basically make sure you guys get taken care of when it comes down to uh, the fantasy football side of the house. What I do here on Tuesdays is basically talk about the real aspect of football, just some of the different things that happen and so forth. Uh, maybe talk about maybe some injuries or something like that. Uh, I'll basically just give you a quick analysis about each and every game as they happen, some of the things I think or why it happened that way it happened and so forth and so on. Um, so uh, if you haven't already, uh, like I said, hit the smash smash the like button um, or whatnot. And uh, basically I'm going to talk to you guys about some games. I'm not going to talk to you guys about all of them. The reason why I'll talk, I'll talk to you about uh, uh, some of them is, basically because of maybe the score, maybe the implications or whatever. And then the ones that I won't talk about will basically be because of they have no kind of relevance uh, or no kind of significance of that particular, or it was just a straight out thrashing of a, of a particular team. So there's a lot of different things of why I wouldn't talk to you guys about a particular game in depth. All right. <clears throat> so with that being said, uh, first things first, uh, talk to you guys about uh, game one, the Thursday night game between the, uh, New England Patriots and the Atlanta Falcons. Um, this, this to me was a lot of people say it was the coming out game for for Mac and Cheese himself. I don't view it as a, a coming out game between Mac and Cheese or for Mac and Cheese because um, we knew what Mac and Cheese was when it comes down to him being drafted to the Patriots. Uh, a lot of people forecasted him to go to the Patriots because of how uh, he was developed at Alabama and some of the things he could do and so forth. So it was basically like a no-brainer, especially because how the draft was ending up, how it was shaping up, where, where teams were going to pick and so forth. So it was it was basically a no-brainer, and it was a good good pickup for them. Um, but uh, that's neither here nor there right now. We're going to talk to you guys about, about the game itself. Uh, the game itself, the Falcons, um, they don't have defense, and then they lost their offensive weapon with, with uh, Carter Roy Patterson. As uh, as some people call him here on this network, um, 
him not being in there, you lose a lot of the productivity in the passing game and the rushing game because he he was basically a dual type of guy when it comes down to all purposes yards. So you're not having him in there. You you basically you have to rely on uh, the makeshift run game they have with it with uh, Mike Davis from our Carol used to be in Carolina. You have to uh, use him, and then you have to basically rely on a bunch of no name receivers because Calvin really isn't, isn't back either. So it's there with uh, coupled with Kyle Pitts. So you you basically limited on offense, and then also your defense already wasn't up to par when it comes down to them performing or where they should be performing. So they got taken to the woodshed. It's 25-0. Nobody expected the, the Falcons to come out and, and really uh, the Patriots to what some people were thinking, that, hey, it, it should be a little bit competitive uh, early on. And, and it just wasn't. It just wasn't. Uh, Matt Ryan was his usual self, throwing interceptions, fumbling the ball. It, it just, just wasn't a good outing for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, for, for me, I don't know if, if Matt Ryan is going to stay there uh, much longer. Part of the reason is because I don't know if he wants to go out the way he's going out right now. Um, basically, got to the Super Bowl, lost the Super Bowl. Um, and right now, if, if you were just watching the NFL uh, consistently, you wouldn't even know that they was in the, they was in the Super Bowl in 2018. You wouldn't even know it uh, just because of so far so, so far removed uh, from getting to the the, the the Super Bowl. So, all right. Um, so with that being said, uh, you also think that that. Matt Jones went out and had, you know, a four touchdown game or three touchdown game. You know, he, he did have a, a four touchdown game. He, he had two total touchdowns, one rushing, one uh, one passing. Um, the other thing you would think their run game was, was you know, they ran a bunch of touchdowns and all that stuff. They did exactly what they needed to do with Stevenson and um, uh, Damian Harris. That's exactly what they needed to do, and they, and they did it. Control the clock, let the defense do what they do. The defense came up big, came up huge. Um, matter of fact, I think the Falcons had three three uh, quarterbacks come in the game, and all three threw interceptions, which is which is that got to be some kind of statistical history or something because you had two quarterbacks that had less than three passes. Uh, you had one of them had three passes. One was an interception. One was a completion, and I, I don't know what the other one went. Just was an incompletion. Um, then you have another quarterback come in. He was zero for one, and it was it was an interception. Which I, which is just crazy. So so you got Rosen, Josh Rosen, um, you have uh, Matt Ryan, and uh, who is the other quarterback? Okay, look, I, I have to look and see who the other quarterback was. But either way it goes, those all three of those guys came in the game, and, and they they didn't give them any kind of spark or anything like that. So it was like, hey, we just did in the water. There's nothing we can do, and we just chop it up of what it is. Uh, and they took it on the chin uh, on Thursday night football. All right, um, so. Moving along, we have the, the same consistency that we always have uh, when it comes down to the NFL. Um, it's basically, especially for these last couple of weeks, it's basically the head-scratcher type of games. So if it's a head-scratcher type of game, to, uh, for me, I'll basically tell you guys why I think it's a head-scratcher type of game. And then if it wasn't, uh, let you know, you know um, this is not a head-scratcher game or whatever it may be. All right, so first one, first things, um, first one, it's a head scratcher game for me. Is between the the, the Indianapolis Colts and uh, the Buffalo Bills. The reason why it's a head scratcher for me is because you hear or you look at the Bills defense and you see the Bills defense being the top. Uh, I want to say the top defense in some statistical categories. Um, to where now it was basically misleading because 
Jonathan Taylor had himself an outing. Uh, if you've been living underneath the rock, uh, you you heard about the game that he had, the, the four touchdowns, and I mean, sorry, the five touchdowns, the four on the ground and one through the air. Um, for, for me, this is exactly what I was I was telling people when it comes down to your team playing defense and being able to run the ball, how you can change a particular dynamic in the game. You change the other team's offense because guess what? I can't I can't run my team if I have a good run game. I can't run my running running back because if I'm down two or three scores, that basically makes my running back uh, null and void just just by the math math at, um, when it comes down to the game. So that being said, you know, yeah, you, you could have Thurman Thomas, you could have Barry Sanders on the other side. Uh, if you're down 21, 28, 0, or, or 22 to 3, or whatever it may be, in this third quarter, you know, you're starting to think, hey, we, we don't have a chance to, to get back in the game running it. So time is of the essence. So we got to make sure we, we air it out. Now, if you have the defense to, to basically pin their ears back and go get after the quarterback, you can do so. Because now, guess what? They're in panic mode. Not to, not just straight up uh, panic the whole time, but they're, they're in hurry up mode of, hey, trying to get a quick score to basically uh, put a damper in this lead that you have. So now it's not as bad. So come, when we come to fourth quarter, it, it's not like, hey, we need all touchdowns. We can get a field goal and kind of chip away at the lead and so forth. But that was not the case. Um, Outside, looking at the score, you look at the score, you're like, oh, man, they they, they beat them bad. They beat them real bad. You're thinking Carson Wentz had a, a, a pretty huge game. Carson, Carson Wentz didn't, didn't have a, a huge game. He had one touchdown. Um, the, the issue, I mean, well, the, the good thing that he didn't do is he didn't have any turnovers. That was a huge thing. And, and uh, if you guys don't know, every time I'm I'm, uh, I'm critical of a, of a particular quarterback or whatnot, it's, it's, a, matter, it's a matter of how many turnovers are they going to have. What, how many times are they going to put their team in in a bad situation when it comes down to an error and throw or when it comes down to them not learning how to check or realizing they need to check the ball down before they try and force it and so forth. And with this particular situation, based off of Buffalo secondary, uh, Buffalo secondary not throwing the interception uh, is huge, huge, huge on, on our uh, Carson Wentz. But you look on the other side, the Indianapolis Colts forced – a lot of turnovers uh, with with the um, the Buffalo Bills. Mitchell Trubisky had an interception. Josh Allen had two interceptions. Uh, they had some fumbles. I, I, they recovered some of them. Um, so so it was it, to me. This right here was the head scratching because of how they got these turnovers. And on on top of this, you would think by them them turning the ball over so much so much, you would think Indianapolis. I mean, I'm sorry, Buffalo would have more time of possession when held the ball longer because they, they've had so many interceptions or whatnot. But guess what? Even with the turnovers, Indianapolis held on to the ball and, and had methodical drives. So it wasn't like hey, we were they were capitalizing off of the turnovers. And that to me, that just that just put them in a hole, the Buffalo Bills in a hole as a, as an offense, and they, they just never got a chance to get right. So they, they was always behind the curve. And, and, and Indianapolis came in and did exactly what they needed to do. Hey, you know, they can be had, and we're going to show everybody that they can be had, and this is this is how they did it, which was, just, which was uh, huge for them. Big win for, for Indianapolis coach. I know a lot of people were, were saying, hey, this, this team is no good. They lost too much in injuries. Um, they lost too much in free agency. But it's just like I said, when I had the piece, uh, public services announcement, they found their running game. 
and they realize, hey, look, we, we have something in Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines and, and all the other running backs that we have. So we need to turn around and, and utilize them. And, and that's exactly what they're doing, making teams, hey, look, you guys have to stop our guys. If you don't stop our guys, we're not going to get in a, in a shootout with you with the Carson Wentz versus Josh Allen type of battle. So a uh, huge win for Indianapolis. Uh, they, they put themselves right back in the uh, – uh, they remain in the playoff hunt, so they didn't have to put themselves back in it, but they remain in the hunt for the, to make the playoffs. So uh, with the Bills dropping this, you, you know, not saying that their playoff ch chances are, 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 are lesser, but they start to take hits if you start to lose games that, that like I said, they, they have favorable games for the rest of the, along the way. It's just a matter they got to go out and execute. If, if they start to lose a, a few, few more of these games, now those playoffs chances start to take a real hit down the road. So, move to game three. Um, game three was uh, Baltimore Ravens versus the uh, Chicago Bears. Uh, the Chicago Bears, they managed to get six sacks on uh, uh, Tyler Huntley. Um, he stood in there and took it. He, he, if, if nothing else, we, if nothing else, as a Ravens fan, the one thing we did learn is that the guy is tough mentally and physically to, to where, hey, if, if, if Lamar Jackson does go down in the game, Am I saying, hey, he's going to do that against a premier team or whatnot? No, I'm not serious saying that. What I am serious saying, though, is he's at least serviceable to where he can keep the offense going, moving up and down the field. Because I don't know if you guys remember last year, uh, particularly against the Cleveland Browns, um, Lamar went out. Trace McSorley came in. And then against him, uh, he's also uh, – he got signed, so he's not at the, the Cardinals. But then against Trace McSorley, he – came in, he had a, a couple of good throws, but then like the fourth play, he got injured. He got injured like just like that. And it, it, it was basically, it didn't even, he didn't even take a big shot and then like that. He was trying to plant and, and move away from a guy. He just got injured and, and, it, and it sucked. Um, so so with that being said, I'm, I'm not serious saying that, hey, that, that's going to happen every time. But I am serious saying that knowing that you have that, that little bit of depth behind your, your starting quarterback, that's, that's, that's going to be good for us moving forward because um, we're definitely going to need it because our schedule is, is brutal uh, coming up the next uh, about five or six weeks. It's going to be pretty pretty uh, pretty scary. Um, the other thing is uh, Justin Fields. Justin Fields got knocked out of the game. In terms of Andy Dalton. Uh, if you're a Ravens fan, uh, a, lot of, a lot of our hearts probably skipped beat, um, <laughs> skipped the beat because of the history Andy Dalton has with the Ravens or, or, or of being uh, getting dramatic wins, whether it's a tip pass, whether it's a last-minute heroic effort by a receiver, uh, particularly Andy Dalton and A.J. Green have been raving killers uh, since about 2017 up until now. And it was just, just so satisfying to, to, to finally get this, not just get this win in Chicago, but get a win in the dime seconds against Andy Dalton. Not saying that he would do it every time, but he had multiple games to where he was going and beating the Ravens in the last couple of seconds, which was which was huge for us to get that win. Um, the one thing I will point out, um, a lot, I know a lot of Bears fans are, are chanting, fire your Nagy, fire your Nagy. It, it's, it's, it's cool that you're going to fire Nagy, but I'm going to let you know what you have with, with some of your receivers and your running backs. So with Mooney and Godwin, both those guys went over 100 yards, but the, the, the thing is they were less than 50% of catching their targets. So 
That could be a quarterback issue. That could be a chemistry issue. I, I think it's a little bit of, of both quarterback and chemistry issue with the receivers. Justin Fields, I don't know how many times he took the, the reps with the ones or whatnot throughout the preseason and throughout the uh, training camp or whatnot. Um, but if, if he didn't, if he did not take any of the reps, it's showing because those guys, they had the Ravens beat on some, some of the plays. And it just, hey, your guy was throwing Aaron throws. He was just not putting it where it needed to be put. It, it was too late coming out of the break, or, or he threw it right towards the defender, and the defender just all they had to do is stick their hand out and, and, and knock it down. Um, the other thing is the, the Bears have to continue to trust their run game with that type of defense that they have. Because the defense, got they didn't, they didn't make it easy on the Ravens at all, which is good. So if that is the case, then they need to turn around and, and basically, hey, look, we need to have our run game as strong as possible and win kind of an old-school uh, defensive, keep-the-ball-away-from-you type of game. If we don't have the the high-profile offense like, like we used to having or whatever it may be, you know, guess what we need to do? We need to turn around and, and play smash-mouth football offensively, take our shots when we can take them with Mooney, and, and for the love of God, you got to go sit down and talk to Allen Robinson. A lot of people think he's out of the league right now. For some odd reason, he's just not showing up uh, on you guys' stat sheet, not being a part of the offense. That is huge because here it is. We had a guy that we were talking about on the cusp of, of being an elite receiver, uh, moving into the possibly the top 10 uh, as a receiver, and then all of a sudden he just falls off the face of the earth. And, and it's just crazy to me that you don't utilize him a lot more than, than what you should. I don't know if you guys are saying, hey, we're just going to run him down the field and use him as a decoy. Or, or, or what, but if I was him, um, if, if he doesn't leave, he needs to definitely, definitely go to somebody and, and talk to them about, hey, look, the new coach coming in, I need to be a part of this this offense. I don't need to be the the, the number one option all the time, but I need to be be get my, my fair shots because if I think I'm a top 10 talent receiver-wise, then my numbers need to look that way uh, and, and so forth. All right, so um, – before I move forward, I'm going to tell you guys about some of the games that I'm not going to go in, in depth about. I'll just basically give you a little quick uh, snap about each one of them. Uh, so the Dolphins and Jets, I'm not going to talk too much about that. It's, it's nothing really to see there. Uh, we expected the Dolphins to win the game. Um, huge shout-out to, to Joe Flacco, get an opportunity to get signed, come back in. This is his second stint in, in New York, so, so they really like something about him. Uh, he came in, did what he needed to do to try and get this team a win. Uh, the, the Jets just, they're just too banged up. Uh, defensively, they can't they can't really stop people. Um, I, I just think it's going to be another year before we see the Jets move forward uh, when it comes down to their offense and their defense being on the same page. Now, offensively, they don't look half bad. I know they had the Jack, the Zach Wilson experiment. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it didn't last long. It wasn't, they were still trying to give him a shot. Who knows what would have happened if you if you'd have put Mike White in sooner, or you'd have got Mike White sooner, or even possibly signed Joe Flacco sooner? Who knows what what could have happened uh, when it comes down to it? Now, that's still not saying too much because uh, the Jets do have two wins over the Bengals and the Titans. So, so with that being said, they have proven that hey, on any given Sunday, if you slip up, we can beat you. Now they didn't blow those guys out, but they beat them. That's that's the fact. Um, uh, the next team, uh, the next game, I'm not going to talk too much about is uh, Washington football team against the uh, Carolina Panthers. Uh, to to me, 
this game was strange for one particular reason. Um, the Carolina Panthers didn't punt the ball at all all afternoon. So I, I looked at that and I'm like, so how did they how did they lose? Well, they were, they were one for three on fourth down. One for three on fourth down. You just you just can't do that. Either you you have to say I'm gonna punt the ball and I'm gonna trust my defense, or either you got to put yourself in better situations to where you're not having to go for it on fourth down. Because yes, going for it on fourth down is 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 a big uh, risk. It's also a big reward. But at the same time, you always find yourself at the end of the game, depending on the outcome, you said you second guessing yourself because of hey man, I should have went for it on that fourth. What would have happened? What could have possibly happened if I would have punted the ball on this first fourth down or if I would have punted the ball on this this third fourth down that I was trying to go for? So you you basically as a coach, you you basically you don't want to come out and say it, but you think in the back of your in the back of your mind, bro, what if my defense, what if we could have got a fumble? And it's just a, a, a matter of you don't know what's going on, you don't know what's gonna happen, you don't know the game, how the game is gonna transpire, but you know, you always want to give yourself the, the the best possible shot to win the game. And I just think. If I'm if I'm on the Panthers staff, I'm thinking that you know, hey, maybe we shouldn't have went for it as many times as we went for it, uh, and so forth and so on. All right, Forty uh, Nineers and the Jaguars. Not going to talk too much about the Forty Nineers and Jaguars. We we expected it to basically them, them to they grab the Jaguars' hand, walk them in the back backyard, and tell them you love them. Um, probably feed them their their favorite meal, and, and then you get them out of there. <laughs> uh, you know, hey, thank you guys for for coming, but but. You know, we want this W, and you got to take this L. And somebody got to win, somebody got to lose, unless you're, you're, you're the Detroit Lions and our Pittsburgh Steelers. So, um, but as neither here nor there, they, they won the game. The 49ers did. Uh, Debo Samuel is a, continued to be a, 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 a freaking thorn in everybody's side. <laughs> is he a running back? Is he a receiver? Uh, to, to me, he, he is everything. Now, matter of fact, I wouldn't be surprised if they, they wouldn't put him back there to throw it a couple of times um, because he is just a, a pure athlete that is taking advantage of, of every opportunity the 49ers are giving him, which is which is great. It's phenomenal to see. I would love to, I'd love to see those young receivers doing those type of things that he's doing, especially him because he, he was battling some injuries early on, and he got through them, and he's able to come and show the, show the world what his talents are. So cool. All right, uh, the next next game is going to be the Arizona Cardinals and the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Um, one of the things that stood out for me outside of um, not having um, uh, Murray and not having Hopkins uh, in the game, uh, Rondell Moore caught all 11 of his targets for the Cardinals. Um, yeah, they were for minuscule type of yards or anything like that. They weren't anything big. It, it was – you know, basically, you know, drive keepers, or if you will, if you will basically saying, "Hey, look, we need uh, two yards, we need three yards, or whatever." Hey, I can chuck it down and get it, get a first down, or not take the sack, or whatever. And that was just good for the mental mental standpoint for McCoy, uh, and for him to continue, that must feel good for him to to beat a division rival, losing your your top receiver, and basically you coming in and saying, "Hey, look." I can at least keep this offense rolling and, and do what I need to do to, to, to get us this win. As for Seattle, um, I'm to the point to where I just know it's just a matter of time before either one, the, the Seahawks shut Russell Wilson down mentally or Russell Wilson just hey, say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and let y'all know. I would be surprised if he hadn't already started to have the, the rumblings. But look, 
There's no way, shape, form, or fashion. I don't care who you sign. I'm not coming back because of the fact that you, I don't have the protection that I need. The run game has failed on me. The defense, who knows what you're good at when it comes down to, to stopping people. And you just can't expect a quarterback to, to go out and get you 40 points a game. It's just not going to happen. And, 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 oh, yeah, by the way, those 40 points are may, maybe not even enough week in and week out because you look at the Rams, you look at the Cardinals. The, those teams can turn around and put up 40 on you in their sleep. But if you let them get hot, they, they can go put up 40. So that being said, you, you're not having that offense and that defense to contend in that division. I just think Russell Wilson's time in Seattle is is, is everything but, but gone uh, to this point but, because I, I don't see him staying. I don't see him staying um, past this, this year. Um, now, maybe free agency happens and, and everything's good for them, uh, but I don't think it's about the money uh, for Wilson. Uh, I don't know how many players would want to take a lot of money to go play in Seattle knowing that the situation that they're in. So I, I just don't know, especially uh, because Pete, uh, if you talk to some people, Pete Carroll's seat is pretty hot when it comes down to, to him possibly being gone too. I know if Pete Carroll is gone, that's almost de a definite doom for them to lose uh, Russell Wilson as well. So who knows what, what the offseason may bring. Um, all right, and then the last game is going to be, unfortunately, the, the Monday night game. The, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the New York Giants. Um, not going to talk too much about it. Reason being is because we expected the, the Giants to do exactly what they did. They came out strong, looked like they was going to give up a fight, and then the second half they go scoreless. It wasn't because of, hey, okay, the Bucs just out-muscled out us or executed better than us or whatever it may be. The Bucs still had some, gave them some opportunities to go out and, and stay competitive. The issue is always going to be Daniel Jones. What's what's going on with Daniel Jones? The inopportune uh, uh, turnovers; those are those are huge. You can't continue to do that. This team is young. Um, they they had a lot of injuries. They 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 need the opportunities that they get. They need to capitalize off of them, and they're not able to do it. And then they're 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 hoping and wishing that they can get a second or a third opportunity to do it and try to have a do over, if you will. And it's just not coming because guess what? The defense. They get gassed. They, they're injured. Some of those guys are injured as well. They get gassed. And then now it's we don't have the offense to, to at least keep us going, keep sustained drives. So we don't get two or three opportunities. And guess what? When we do get back in there, guess what we're trying to do? We're trying to, to overcome those lack of opportunities and get it all back on, on one or two plays. And you just can't do that, especially with a young quarterback with Daniel Jones. And, and he, to me, He's another quarterback that does, does does not have the chemistry that he should with his receivers. And, and I have no idea if, if Joe Jersey is going to still be there. That's the other issue is what's the mentality of those guys when it comes down to being bought in for for Joe Judge. I, I know they play hard on defense, but, but offensively, do they believe Joe Judge is the answer for them? Because what people don't don't what people don't realize is if you come in and you try and rule with an iron fist a bunch of to a bunch of guys that are some of them probably um well most of them make more than you right some of them believe that they got have a better knowledge of football than you because they've probably been around the game longer than you when it comes down to it's because let's be honest you know if i'm a if i'm a coach and i'm 36 years old or i'm 37 years old or whatever it may be um i played three or four years in college but I've always been like an administrative assistant 
or some person that deals with analytics, uh, analytics or whatever it may be, but I've never been in or affecting the game as much as I should be. And now I turn around, I become a head coach. If I'm a 10 year player, I look at your resume. I see that because that stuff is public knowledge. I'm like, bro, all he did was coach linebackers at William and Mary. And he's our head coach? Nah, bro. I won't say that amongst everybody, but you you know somebody on the team that's believing that. Hey, man, this dude was a linebacker coach. He was a special team coach. He was never an OC. He was never a head coach. I don't know how he's supposed to lead us. And, and that's real. That's, that's real uh, when it comes down to some of the players or how they think when it comes down to uh, certain certain coaches and, and stuff in the NFL. So, all right, um, moving on to game number four. Uh, well, before I get started, let me take some of you guys' questions. Uh, let's see what we got. All right, so Patrick Schwab, is he asking, uh, is JT already? Um, you know what? He 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 he's making some noise of, of why he should be in the consideration. Um, I will tell you this though, there's nobody that I would argue against him being the best running back because of, outside of Derrick Henry, uh, I would definitely make that argument. Like I said, the only person that I, I would make the argument the the defense for is 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 there. Everybody else, hey, have at it. You know, JT is, is better than, and and it sucks because. What just imagine what it really could have been if Indianapolis knew they were on a gold mine of talent of a, of a JT because because let's, let's be real his usage is not even up there that's the other thing about it so so imagine if he got the carries early on when it comes down to him showing out what he really can do so so yeah that's a good that's a good particular uh, take all right let me see any more questions. All right, no more questions. All right, so moving along out to game four. It's going to be the Detroit Lions versus the Cleveland Browns. When the Detroit Lions played against the Ravens, I was I was told, you know, we suck. The Ravens suck because they needed last minute heroics to beat the Lions. That's what I was told. And it wasn't against every every fan base. It was against some of the fans of some of the teams in the AFC North. And, yes, I'll be first to tell you guys, hey, we struggled. We struggled offensively. I'm not going to sit here and deny it. We struggled defensively. There's some big third-down plays we gave up in that game and so forth. But the bottom line was I knew as a fan that, hey, the, the Detroit Lions played they, their tails off. They played their butt off. And, and, and they was a couple of seconds away from – Beating the Ravens. There were also a couple of plays away from beating the Steelers. There's also a couple of plays away from beating the Browns. So, with that being said, it's about time you start to give them not so much of their credit because I know they don't want the moral victory. They want an actual victory. Um, but you got to take notice on how they are playing certain teams. How they are playing certain teams. Yes, they get blown out, you know, but certain teams, they realize, hey, wait a minute. This is our opportunity to make some noise. I don't know what it is um, that they figured, hey, you know what? These are the games that we, we think we can go out and, and be a, a trap game for some teams. I don't know if that's the case. or I don't know if they figured, hey, um, 
these guys are these guys can be had and they, they put that together and they say hey you know what we believe that this is the week and that we can go out and do it and, and guess what they guess how they're doing it their defense is sneaky they play sneaky good defense together there's not there's nobody there's no one or two particular players that's coming out and getting 10 sacks and getting five interceptions or whatnot but they play collectively together and they understand hey you know we got to be in this together and this is what it is. Now, if their quarterback play getting increased to where they can sustain drives a little bit longer, to where they don't have to rely on their run game, I think they are they could they could already have about three or four wins this particular um, uh, year. Now, the thing that I want to highlight about this particular game is Chubb came in and ran 130 yards, multiple I think it was 20 some carries. DeAndre Swift on the other side gave you 130 yards on lesser carries. So they basically they basically um, swapped each other out. So when it comes down to, hey, we, don't, we neither one of those guys are affecting the game. But the quarterback play is what matters. Boyle just did not give them anything whatsoever. Baker Mayfield, he gave his team a little bit of juice. He did what he needed to do to, to manage to get through the game. However, the reason why this game came down to where it is, 10-13, it's because Detroit couldn't capitalize off the turnovers they was given uh, by Baker Mayfield. It's just simple as that. And, and to, to me, as battered and beat up as Baker Mayfield is, if it were me, I was the coach, I would have been like, look, here's your chance to 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 rest. Let, let's see how this game goes, and then we'll go from there. Because keep in mind, you know, you have a bye week coming up. You play the Ravens two times in a matter of three weeks. That those are division games. You cannot afford to lose Baker Mayfield for either one of those games. As as shaky as he is being, he gives them the best opportunity to beat the Ravens because he's had some of his better games against the Ravens. I don't know what it is. I don't know if he likes the opportunity to to, to face the Ravens or to stick it to them or or he, he is bought into the rivalry or whatever it may be. Um, but whatever it is, he, he rises to the occasions to face the Ravens every time he's played them, or at least the last few times. Um, in, in fact, in 2019, they put a good whipping on the, on the Ravens. I, I want to say it was 40 to 15, I remember, uh, if I remember correctly. But the Ravens turned around and got their revenge game uh, later in the, in the year, 2019. Same same thing last year. You know, that game was a, probably an instant classic, uh, basically because of uh, uh, how they played. So, so you know, Ravens, Lose Lamar Jackson early in the game or late in the game, uh, basically I'm early in the game. Then they turn around, they they bring him back in. You then oh yeah, by the way, uh, the the rounds are came back. I think they came back from like 20 points down or whatnot, something like that. By the time Lamar came back, it was hey, we needed a last minute heroic heroic from Lamar to 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 hold them off, to hold off the Browns. You know, to to me, he needs to play like that all the time. Because you can't be the number one overall pick and you have these subpar games against these subpar teams. Not saying, Once again, I can't take anything away from Detroit. But I, I am saying, telling you is that what kind of chemistry are you showing with your receivers? What, what kind of composure are you showing as a quarterback when you overthrow your guy by seven yards right into the defender's you know, stomach? You know, what kind of pause are you showing when, when it comes down to, hey, you, you need to change the play and get a check down instead of taking sacks? And, and, and you take a sacks and you, you're basically about to fumble. You, you know, you can't do that. You can't do those type of things. Reason being is because 
if I'm correct, I think they have three Pro Bowl linemen on their offensive line. So the timing should be there. I have to look at look at their team again to see. But I'm pretty sure they have three offensive linemen that are Pro Bowlers. You have probably the best, ain't no problem. You have the best running back tandem between Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Yes, I got it. They wasn't Hunt wasn't playing, but you still have Chubb. You have access to Chubb. So, 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 to for me, offense shouldn't be the issue. Shouldn't be the issue defensively. Now that's a whole nother monster. You guys are, are injured. You guys are beat up. And I just think you need a lot more from the back part of your your defense to to step up. Whether it's Hey, we're gonna help control the run. If Jadavion Clowney can't get him or Garrett can't get him, we need to come up and, and pursue and help out in, with that. We can't just sit back and oh yeah, by the way, we want to uh, pick balls off and, and so forth, but we don't want to come up and tackle. You you got to be able to do both. You got to be able to do both because if you don't, teams are gonna know that and they're gonna run right at you. Hey, we're gonna do a little screen pass and we running because oh, Greedy Wiggins don't want to be physical. I'm not saying he doesn't, but it, using that just as an example, if it's such and such. Uh, defensive back don't want to be physical. Cool. We're gonna put our most physical guy over there. We're gonna run a, a wide receiver screen. We're gonna see if they want to tackle, and that's how you'll be game plan week in and week out until you rectify the issue. Or you turn and say, hey, "Look, yeah, that is the case, and I just don't want to put him in that situation." So we're gonna always run somebody over there to help him out um, and cover uh, the particular um, the weakness of, of our offense, of our defense. All right, so moving along, uh, first game is, I'm sorry, game five is the first head scratcher for the day. Uh, this particular uh, head scratcher for me is how they won, how they won. It, it wasn't the fact that they won, uh, it, it was how they did it. Because because if you guys don't don't know, division games are always you know subject to be close. Subject to, to be a little bit wacky, a little bit wonky, because these guys kind of know you um, when it comes down to how you do things, how you execute, so forth and so on. Like like most of the film people break down and so forth is, is from you because basically you're in the same region, uh, in the same region or around the same area and so forth. So so you guys kind of study each other all the time. And then you also kind of copycat some of the stuff off one another and so forth. Um, so with that being said, Tyron Taylor, um, he he didn't pass any, didn't even pass for any touchdowns, but he ran for two touchdowns, which was huge because that's exactly what they needed. Um, not having the run game uh, involved, Tyron Taylor took it amongst himself to to give the, his team that. Um, now the the elements, you know, the elements didn't allow them to go out and do really what they wanted to do when it comes down to airing it out and so forth, and and that worked to me. That worked in. The Texans' favor. So what they what do they turn around and do? Hey, look, we're gonna sit back and we're gonna wait for Ryan Tannehill to throw the ball where he want to throw it, and we're gonna go and see if his guys can really go get after it without um, having a Derrick Henry uh, type of running back uh, in the running back field uh, in the backfield. Then against Adrian Peterson, Adrian Peterson does not get the same uh, type of adjustments as a Derrick Henry. Maybe 2017, Adrian Peterson, 2016, Adrian Peterson. Oh, I mean, one of the years he got hurt, but maybe four or five years ago, Adrian Peterson probably gets that same type of respect when it comes down to, hey, okay, we're going to crowd the box and so forth. But for me, the Texans came in, and look, we're not scared. We got an opportunity to do something big, and let's go out and do it. 
um, to the point to where they got five turnovers from the Tennessee offense, five, four interceptions and uh, one fumble. Um, for, for, for me, that that's, that's huge because you're not going to win any, you're not going to win against any other 32 teams in the NFL turning the ball over five times and, and having uh, one touchdown. You, you're not going to do it offensively. You're not going to beat anybody like that. Five turnovers, one offensive touchdown. I don't care who you are. That's a recipe for a disaster. It's just, just not going to work whatsoever. And, and, and kudos to the, the Texans for, for staying with it and, and, and getting that second win and realizing, hey, look, we're just not going to lay down for teams. We're going to come, they, we're going to come out and give them, their best, uh, give them our best shot. And that's exactly what they did. All right, uh, moving to uh, game six. Uh, game six, everybody thought um, this is supposed to be the, the big uh, uh, pass-happy game uh, when it comes down to um, the uh, the Saints. Not, I'm sorry, not the Saints, but uh, the Green Bay Packers and the, the Vikings. Everybody just thought this was going to be, you know, um, a big pass-happy game, which, which is exactly what it turned out to be because it was seven passing touchdowns in between the two. The, the big thing was it was no interceptions. Um, the, Green Bay almost got an interception if the guy would have corralled the ball and brought it into his body instead of trying to, to, to keep it out here, extend it away from his body, and, and go down to the ground. If he just corralled it and, and, and fell to the ground late in the fourth quarter, that would have kind of secured the ball a turnover for uh, Kirk Cousins late in the game, and then it would have gave Green Bay an opportunity uh, having just tied the game to possibly uh, get a go-ahead field goal or they'd probably get a game-winning touchdown. Instead, it's called incomplete, and everybody knew what happened. They drove down, got a game-winning field goal for the Minnesota Vikings, which was huge uh, for them uh, because now it's kind of like there there isn't a king of the North or the NFC North because we just beat them, you know. So, so for them, you know, think about what that does for them, their psyche as a team. We didn't have a great game running the ball. We had a great, uh, uh, okay game passing it and so forth. Um, but defensively is what we need to work on. If the Vikings, if they're going to go anywhere in the playoffs, they, they got to work on their defense. They, they have to. Because they're, they're, for me, you, you can't go into the game playing a division rival who who is, by the way, the bully of your division, and you just turn around and you give him, you know, four touchdowns. You give him four touchdowns through the air, and you don't pick him off. Um, you don't make it uncomfortable for him whatsoever. To, to, to me, that's saying that you haven't made the adjustments or you haven't got guys to to buy into, hey, this is the guy really stopping his vision. We stopped this particular guy. We got an opportunity uh, every week in this particular division if we can win against these guys and so forth. And I just don't think defensively those guys are bought in to, to believe that that's what they needed to do to stop Aaron Rodgers in order to say, hey, okay, look, if there's a if Green Bay is definitely one, we're definitely two. That's what they that's the mentality they should take on. I just don't know if they, they're doing that when it comes down to, hey, okay, we know Green Bay gonna win the division because they're just overall more talented than us. However, we are definitely gonna be two and we need to make some noise, possibly going up to be instead of being two, we're gonna be a definite one A and one B on on any given Sunday and so forth. So a uh, good, good, uh, good win for the Vikings in this particular case. Um, and Green Bay, 
you can't hang your heads, but this is definitely a, a little bit head scratching for you guys based off of where you were and, and the, 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 the distance you could have covered by winning in this particular game. So now that distance is gotten a little shorter, uh, not not so much just in the division, but the division is getting shorter. Uh, the the distance is getting shorter for you having that first that first round by. I don't know if you want the first round by, but if you really wanted it, you you're basically losing that by losing these games uh, against teams that you're supposed to beat. So, all right, uh, game seven it'll be uh, Philly versus the Saints. Um, this wasn't a big of – at first I thought it was going to be a head-scratcher. I, I thought it should be a head-scratcher. But looking at the game itself, it, it, it wasn't a head-scratcher. It was a, a continuous, hey, we get layups, and you guys keep shooting three-pointers and missing. That's the, that's exactly how it felt um, when it comes down to um, the Saints offense shooting the three-pointers and the Phillies offense was taking the layups. The layups being uh, Jalen Hurts running the ball. And the three-pointers being Trevor Simeon uh, trying to push the ball down the field. And, and it just wasn't working. Um, three touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, just, just that's not going to get it done um, against a Philly team. Reason being is because if you give them multiple – it's just like what I was saying earlier. If you give them multiple opportunities, especially if you can't stop their rush or their quarterback, because they were worried about Devontae Smith. They were worried about uh, uh, Goddard trying to come in and, and do – what he needed to do when it comes down to the the, the tight end uh, aspect, especially because now you trade away Zach Ertz. It's all me. It's just me, Dallas Goddard, and, and, and Devontae Smith show uh, offensively. If you guys can control those guys, they felt they have nothing else on off on the offense. That's what the Saints felt. But little did they know, Jalen Hurts is 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 a a dual threat quarterback. <laughs> he can run. So they found out rather quickly. And by the time they found out, found that out, it was too late. It was too late to the point to where the Saints started to come back, but they still didn't have an answer for Jalen Jalen Hurts. So Jalen Hurts is just saying, hey, you know what? All right, I'll dink and dunk you guys. Dink and dunk you, dink and dunk you. Oh, you want to come after me? Cool. Let me let me break this first tackle or shake this first guy, and then I'm, I'm going to go ahead and get uh, pay a visit to the end zone. And that's exactly what happened. When it comes down to the in the fourth quarter, uh, I believe they pulled within eleven. I want to say, um, and um, guess what he did? He turns around. He says, "Hey, you know what? Um, I'm gonna go ahead and pay this visit to this end zone. First off, I'm, I'm gonna break your linebacker ankles. No, not your linebacker, your defensive tackle ankles. Um, and then I'm gonna proceed to run past all your guys you have back there waiting on me, trying to run, uh, trying to tackle me as I run past your your first layer of your defense." And, and that's exactly what he did, and he, and he got it there, and it, it, it was to the point to where it was like it was almost effortless. Like he was just saying, you know what, I know I'm going to score this touchdown. Um, and, and shout out to to Philly for recognizing that and, and basically saying, hey, look, we, we don't need you to go for 200 yards because I think he had, I want to say, 120, 130 yards passing, some some on the low end like that. No touchdowns, no INTs. Uh, but he did what he needed to do, control the game, Take what the defense gave him, and he lived to fall, lived to fight another day. And they, they luckily, they ended up getting the, getting the win. Um, so, all right. Um, so, uh, real quick, before I move to the next game, I got a question. So let me check and see what we got. All right. So, are you happy with how the Ravens look? I'm a Ravens fan myself, and to me, the running backs getting hurt was a blessing in disguise, and is now it's giving time 
to Lamar to develop the chemistry with wide receivers. And now next year when they're back to healthy again, can no, no longer look to stop the rushing attacks. My thoughts. Uh yes. Uh matter of fact, uh I can't remember who it is. I think it, it may have been engraving. Uh you on YouTube at engraving uh bids. He was talking something about this. Um about the running backs being hurt was a blessing in disguise to get that that chemistry because now nothing against Latavius Murray, uh, Le'Veon Bell, uh, Tyson Williams, none against none against any of those guys. They're just not J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards. They're just not those guys. So with with them getting hurt, it was what else am I going to do? It, I can't do it all by myself. It's, it's been proven, you know. Lamar Jackson has has, has had five hundred yard. Uh, all-purpose type of games, and we lose by by double digits. He's had those type of games. So, with that being said, it, it was it was it was great. To, as great as it, uh, as, bad, as bad as it was for for us losing those players, but it was great with the with the results that came out of it. Especially getting everybody back. Rashad Bateman, Rashad Bateman is a goldmine for the Ravens. Where they found him. A lot of people were scratching their heads saying, why did we take a receiver thinking he was the second Rashad Perriman, second coming of Rashad Perriman? A fast guy, looks looks promising, has a decent size. Everybody keeps talking about how great he is, but is he gonna is he gonna really get opportunity here in Baltimore? And for me, I seen it firsthand because I want to see the Gophers take on my Auburn Tigers. Um Going to see that game, I got a chance to see Rashad Bateman was really the truth. Like, he's that good. So my thing is, I just hope Greg Roman does the same thing he did with Hollywood and give him some a little bit more opportunity, a little bit more packages uh, when it comes down to uh, him being the, the threat down the field. The reason why I say that is because Sammy Watkins is on a one-year deal. If Samuel Barker's on a one-year deal, he may not re-sign with the, back with the Ravens. Or the Ravens may say, hey, look, we don't, we don't want to spend this money on you, Watkins. We have what we need what we need going forward with Hollywood and Bateman. And then also, this is also free up uh, other opportunities for Devin DuVernay. Devin DuVernay, it, it, to me, is a, is a gadget. He's a, he's a gadget player. You can give him, give him some more on his plate. Utilize his speed, especially in open space. It's not just about the dinks and dunks. Give him opportunity to run past people in open field. Give him opportunity to go catch some 50-50 balls and so forth because you don't know what you have if you don't test it out. That, that just, that's just me. But, but yes, um, I, I do think it was a blessing in disguise. It was a blessing in disguise, and, and, and that, that's, that's cool. And um, for Ronald Collar, uh, I'm sorry if I'm butchering your name, um, but – I can't say he's a waste of potential. I can't, I can't say he's a waste of a potential because he's had he's had some game to where he he's kept some drives going. Now, is he going to get a thousand yards? Probably not. Is he going to get a hundred catches? Probably not. But for what he's done when he's there, I, I say <laughs> he all right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I won't say you know he is the premier talent that what think he was or what he was coming out of Clemson. He has not lived up to that that particular uh, potential or talent thus far in the NFL. He just hasn't. Um, a lot of people was thinking, you know, Sammy Watkins was going to be a top 10 receiver 
in the NFL. And I think outside of the Buffalo years, he didn't he didn't have he didn't have a, a, a you know a premier type of receiver year outside of a I think I think it was one year in Buffalo that he had a, a really good season. A couple uh, games in, in Kansas City where he did did some good stuff, but but he hasn't put it all together when it comes down to a whole year. So yeah, I agree with that. All right, so moving along uh, to game eight. Yeah, he was definitely supposed to be a uh, wide receiver one. So, all right, moving along, it's be the uh, Cincinnati Bengals versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, this particular game, to to me, it seems like um, the the Bengals were it was anxious to get back out out of their bye and, and come out and, and show everybody, hey, look, the the games we were winning were not flukes. Um, we are who we say we are. Uh, so forth and so on. And it just so happened, you know, they went against the exact opposite with the, the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, to, to me, the Las Vegas Raiders are playing these these games um, as of late as if they just want this season to be over with. Um, with all the turmoil off-seasons, I mean, uh, the off-the-field stuff, I just don't see them being as prepared as they were in the first part of the season. They, You, you could tell they they was they was – they were anxious to, to get out there and play my Ravens. You know, they, they were executing. They, they were hype. You know, to, to me, it seemed like, oh, wait a minute. These guys are, could actually be dangerous in the AFC, um, especially because there was little to no expectations on this team based off of everybody uh, was the preseason favorite for the AFC to get to the Super Bowl was Kansas City Chiefs. And, and, and it wasn't nowhere near the, the Las Vegas Raiders. In fact, I think they had the Ravens getting there uh, before the the Raiders. But for them, it was like they had something to play for. You know, hey, we got to get this uh, taste out of our mouth and and show people that, hey, we are really uh, a contender in the AFC, let alone the the AFC uh, West as well. So with that being said, for them having Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs, I just don't know why their run game is so lackluster. Yeah, I know you had some injuries. I know you lost some some people uh, in free agency along the line and, and so forth. But to me, you still should be somewhat productive. You you, you have to be it, because of you know the passing threats of Darren Waller. You know, you not having those particular uh, that run game now, you allow people to just focus on Darren, Darren Waller to the point to where he's starting to take hits now to where he's not getting those 12 targets a game. He's not getting those uh, 50, 60-yard catches, uh, catching runs, and so forth. So so now he's basically going back into uh, a shell of this offense as, as instead of being the primary weapon in the passing offense. And he's just not that um, right now. Their car, uh, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still trying to find out, do you want to be in the conversation of being elite? Because one touchdown, one one INT um, against a particular team that could be had. Not not saying saying that hey, Cincinnati's defense is 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 trash or anything like that. Their defense they rely they rely off of either getting sacks or getting turnovers. They rely off of that. If they're not able to sack you or turn turn you over, you know they can be got just like any other defense in the NFL. And, and for me. You had the opportunity to do that. You just didn't take advantage of it. And, and 
your schedule doesn't get easier because I think they play the Chargers once more, and I think they play the Chiefs. Uh, they got a bunch of division games coming up next. And it's just it took, for me, you're basically help cementing yourself into last place in that division because the Chiefs not going nowhere. The uh, Chargers not going anywhere. And oh, yeah, by the way, if Denver continue to do what they need to do, they'll continue to win some games as well. So, so you don't have, a, you know, a, a stepping stone type of game to where you can say, hey, okay, this is a confidence builder to get us back to where we need to be. I, I just don't know. I have no idea what, what you guys' intentions are. Uh, I don't know if the loss of uh, John Gruden hurts the worst or, or the Henry Ruggs uh, issue. Um, I, I just don't know. Um, hopefully you guys will come to, to the altar, meet, meet up, have a players-only meeting or a staff-only meeting or something. And find out, hey, you know, what are we trying to do with the rest of this season? Um, do we believe that we can crack the playoffs? Is that our goal, just to crack the playoffs, or, or are we just really want to? We really want to just pack it all in because mentally we're just not there. You need to have that kind of kind of discussion, that kind of meeting, just to find out if, is football some of the things that we is football the thing we can focus on right now when it comes down to uh, pushing our best product out there into the atmosphere? Because right now. We're not getting it. We're just not getting it whatsoever. Offensively, defensively, special team wise, nothing. There's no there's nothing worthy to talk about with the, the Las Vegas Raiders. Just just nothing. Okay. All right. So let me see if we got any more questions. Cool. All right. Um, and so game nine is the, the the final game I'm gonna talk about. Then I'm gonna talk to you guys a little bit about uh, some of my power rankings and why I have certain teams where I have them, and, and so forth. Um, so game nine is the Dallas Cowboys versus the Kansas City uh, Chiefs. Um, this was one of those games that we were thinking is going to be kind of like the Vikings versus Green Bay, and instead we got a Cleveland versus Detroit type of game, type of outing. Um, no touchdowns, no touch, no passing touchdown between Dak Prescott and Patrick Mahomes. Who would have thought that? It, it, nobody would have thought it. Nobody, any NFL fan um, that knows Patrick Mahomes, knows uh, Dak Prescott, they know if nothing else, these guys are going to find the end zone based off the offenses that they had. Now, the, the Cowboys were limited a little bit with some of the weapons they they, they, they didn't have. Uh, they lost uh, – um, they lost uh, – what's his name? God, they, <laughs> I'm trying to find. They lost their Amari Cooper. Um, it, he was he was out. He got banged up, and then they lost uh, C.D. Lamb in the middle of the game. He hit his head on the on the back of the ground, uh, trying to secure a touchdown, but it was an interception. He hit his head on the on the ground, and he was out. He, he got taken out for a concussion. Um, so losing them, I, I was like, you know what? It 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 it, it got to be. It, it has to be a, a Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott. Matter of fact, those are my keys to the game on, on one of my my podcast shows. Is Hey, look, you can't make this about throwing 50, who can throw 50 balls the best and who can get them his most touchdowns. To me, it was Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, let's give them a healthy dose. And they're saying the Kansas City Chiefs defense is revamped. Let's see how revamped you guys are. Did, did you do a full remodel of your defense or, or did you just change out, you know, the sheets on your bed? You know, because for me, I need to see it. I need to see what kind of defense uh, revamping you did because, you know, 
to, to me, I don't think you revamped, revamped anything. I just think you got another pass rusher in Melvin Ingram to help uh, uh, Chandler Jones to where now he can move um, to the to the middle of the field. So, so with that being said, um, now you 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 move him to the middle back to where he he was used to playing. So now you have him uh, in the middle. You have three guys that can turn around and get pass rush ability. Those three guys getting pass rush ability against five offensive linemen, somebody's going to eventually win. Somebody's going to eventually win. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, you play against a quarterback that's not 100% mobile because he's just coming off injury. To me, that spells doom. Because now he has to rush a lot of his throws to the point where he had, I think, I think that had 50 attempts. Um, 50 attempts, I think he had like 34 completions or something like that, some, something crazy. Um, no, no touchdown. No touchdown. That, to to me, that's that's saying a lot. They're saying a lot because not only did you get beat up um, uh, receiving wise, you didn't have the run game that you needed to have, and so now it's basically saying, okay, we don't know how we're going to beat this particular team. And oh yeah, by the way, early on, Micah Parsons was giving you time after time, basically sacking Patrick Mahomes, keeping him frustrated as much as he could. And you couldn't capitalize off any of those. The most she was getting was field goals. Field goals. That that's just that's just not gonna work. It's not gonna work. The the other thing is, um, I want to say the Chiefs score all their points in the first half. I want to say that. Uh, let me pull it up right quick. I think the Chiefs score all their points in the first half. So if that's the case, that's basically saying, hey, you didn't get anything offensively in the second half. You didn't get anything in the uh Nope, my bad. I'm sorry. Uh, they got three points. They got three points in the second half. The Chiefs did, but still, two a uh, half of football, two quarters of football, you limit them to three points. What does that say about you offensively if you cannot run or pass the ball effectively? What does that say about you as a team when you're the Dallas Cowboys, who a lot of people were trying to, to put you into the the Super Bowl contender or, or Super Bowl winner winner discussion. Now you get taken. You got to be taken out of that com- that conversation because people don't even view Kansas City defense as a premier defense, not even a middle of the pack defense. And you get you get held to nine points. You get held to nine points. So so for me, and, and I know you know the Cowboys fans are gonna probably be watching this, and, and they're gonna come for me, but. Don't come for me. Come for your team because outside of Michael Parsons, nobody else really did anything to affect the game defensive-wise. Offensively-wise, offensive-wise, nobody did anything to affect the game. Nobody. Nope, nobody. Whether it's Dak, whether it's uh, whether it's Dak, whether it's Pollard, whether it's Ezekiel, nobody went out and said, hey, you know what? Let me take it upon myself to to raise my game to where hey my team needs me right now to where I can I can go out and, and get us an extra five yards an extra ten yards and, and to me it felt like the whole entire sequence of as an offense was was rushed because of that that pass rush ability of of the Chiefs I mean, you you could have dialed up some screens uh, which you tried to but those screens. Screen passes were still rushed because that has mobility issues. So, so you can't even set and set up and say, "Hey, okay, look, um, we're going to turn around 
and, and rely on screen games because you guys are pass rushing hard. Um, so, yeah, uh, Ronald saying uh, Gallup dropped a lot, but he will be uh, less rusty Thursday and Thanksgiving is big and does. Absolutely. If, if there, <laughs> it, it's, it's funny you say that, uh, Ronald. Um, if, if there is a team um, that I want to highlight or a team that I want to play or I don't want to play on Thanksgiving, um, it's the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys, for some odd reason, always show up on Thanksgiving. They always <laughs> have a good game. Uh, they look like a juggernaut on Thanksgiving for some odd reason. I don't know why it is. It's, it's just, it's, I guess it's normal. The the other team is the, the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions always uh, have have a good game. Um, you know, they, they, they're competitive on Thanksgiving for some odd reason. I have no idea, but it, it is what it is. Um, and, and to your point, yeah, Gallup, if, 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 if Gallup isn't rusty, Hopefully that game that game probably is different. You can tell he's rusty. You you can tell it. You can tell it. He's he's rusty to the point to where he's slipping and falling on routes. He's not understanding when he come out of his breaks. He needs to have his hands up or his head turned. He's he's overrunning routes. Um, and, and, and to me, CD Lamb. If CD Lamb misses extended time, this is gonna be it's gonna be huge um, for the Cowboys, and, and they possibly can lose. That the opportunity to try and get the, the number one seed. I don't know. Once again, I don't know if they, they're trying to get the number one seed, but if they are, you know, you 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 run the risk of not being able to get that now because of CD Lamb being out. CD Lamb is out. Man, it's, it's not not good for that offense. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Now, the, the other thing that I would like to see them to do is uh, Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz has proven that he's he's worthy to get a, a lot more uh, opportunity. He's he's proven that. I, I would hope going forward they, they would turn around and say, hey, look, let's give opportunity, especially with my wide receivers not being as trustworthy. The, the, the quarterback's best friend should be the tight end. So, so for me, I would like to see Dalton Schultz get a little bit more of a, a role in that particular offense. So, all right. So now um, as we get ready to wrap up, I'm going to give you guys my uh, – yeah, Dak is always going back. Um, so I'm going to give you guys my power rankings, what I had last week and then what I have for uh, this week. So I'm going to put my last week up. Uh, this is what I had for uh, last week. And, and – the records were a little bit in, indicative of why they were, why some of the teams they were. Um, the records don't always tell the, the complete story because it could have been um, a last-minute heroic that beat a team. It could have been a, a certain injury or, or a team not being uh, 100% um, healthy throughout the game. It could have been the reason why I ended up uh, not winning the game or whatnot and why I moved them up or down. So, and these are uh, this week's power rankings. All right. So for this this week power rankings, um, number five, uh, got to put the Cowboys here. Uh, the Cowboys they were uh, my number three team. They're now my number five team um, because of the showing that they had. I, I, I never thought to, to say offense would be their issue. I never thought it. Um, as a matter of fact, you know, I think they have three players that makes a hundred make a hundred million dollars. So for them to spend the amount of money they spend on offense, them not to get a touchdown for me is just ridiculous to even think about. 
ridiculous to, to look at their offense up and down and, and realize, wait a minute, they didn't get a touchdown. Whatsoever, not a run, not a run in, not a defensive touchdown. Nothing. It was three field goals. That, that that's crazy to me. That's crazy to me because because if you look at, yeah, I know the opponents were different, but you know the the, the Ravens versus um um the the uh, Bears, Ravens versus the Bears. The Ravens still got a touchdown even without Lamar Jackson. They still got they managed no matter how it looked, they still managed to get a touchdown. They, they managed to get one. Now, are the Bears the same team as the Chiefs? Absolutely not. I'm not seeing saying that. What I am seeing saying though is they 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 made it. They found a way to get into the end zone. Whether it was a breakdown, whether it was methodical, whatever it may be, they found a way to get there. They found a way to, to keep themselves in the game and, and and move the ball to where we need to be moving to and take advantage of the op- the opportunities that was presented. All right, the next team is uh, number four. It's going to be the 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 Packers. Reason why I'm not um, just just totally trampling the, the Packers and taking them out of the top five is is because a lot of things didn't go right for the Packers. The Packers spent most of the evening trying to come back and get back into the game. Part of the reason for that is because you you the Packers start to play the game that Minnesota wanted them to play, the pass happy game. I still say AJ Dillon. Jones, whoever the running backs were, should get the heavy dose to 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 basically tire Minnesota out as much as they can. Uh, if I remember, if I'm looking correctly, I think one of them had ten carries or whatnot. You that to me, that's not enough. You need to give them more. You need to give them more. And yes, the reason why it went like that is because you found yourself down by ten points, or more than ten points, and you get the ball back. Now you go into panic mode to where or not even panic mode, hurry up mode to where you figure, hey, I got to match them touchdown for touchdown. If that dude catches that interception, the Packers would have probably still been my number two um, or or either could have probably uh, moved up to, to the one spot. It, de- it depends. It depends. So, all right, for number three, um, I got the, the Titans. Uh, again, the loss – the loss to the Texans, I can't totally just crucify them because as a team, they're hurt defensively. They got some people out offensively. They came in, they tried to do the best they, they could. Had Ryan and Tannehill not throw as many interceptions that he threw or have as many t- turnovers, this game is probably completely different to the point to where, hey, now you guys have to. Uh, rely on something else for beating us. The other thing is, I, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure the Titans as a team overlooked this game. Was saying, "Hey, look, you know the, the Texans are who they are. You know we'll we'll beat them easily. We don't have to do as much." But then they realized, "Oh, wait a minute. One of our things that we could do, even when we can't run it, we can't even pass it because the elements won't, won't allow it." Uh, if you ever guys ever played a game in the rain, trying to throw a football, wet football, just just not fun. Uh, especially not trying to catch it. Um, so with that being said, them being limited, um, not saying that's an excuse, them being limited made it easier for the Texans to swoop in and, and try and get a W. And, and that's exactly what went down to the point to where Tyrod Taylor had 107 yards passing, 107 yards passing, and that was enough to get them over the edge for the Titans. They squeaked the game out. Uh, the Titans made a run for it. 
but the closest they can get it, so it was within nine. So, and they end up taking that that game. All right, my number two team is the the Bucks, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I couldn't move the Buccaneers up um, because they were on a bye in week five, and based off of some teams losing the way they lost, um, and the Bucks coming up and doing exactly what they needed to do against the Giants team. This right here is kind of helps propel them over uh, two of the other teams to the point to where if the Bucks lose some players on offense or defense, they still can win the game. They still can win some games. And I think they're kind of motivated now because of what the Saints did to them and then uh, what Washington football team did to them. So they, I think they realize, hey, wait a minute, we can't just play around with teams. we got to come out and really establish our dominance on them and keep them down as long as we can keep them down. Because if not, you know, we leave teams in the game, teams turn around, and, and they say, hey, look, you're going to leave us in the game? Cool. We, we might as well go ahead and take this game. Case in point, Washington football team, they were winning. As Tampa Bay started to try and climb back into the game, he said, all right, we're going to slow this thing all the way down, which led to a 10-minute drive, and they punched it in the end zone. That's what That was the difference maker between the Washington football team and the Tampa Bay Bucks. So you go forward, just don't see them trying to play around with as many teams as they play around with. Well, I wonder if they were playing around with, but it was kind of lackadaisical when it comes down to their execution and, and stomping teams out like they need to stomp them out or they should stomp them out. I mean, it ain't got to be 40 to zero. It, it could be a 10-point win, but to the point where I, I pin you down and I'm not letting you get back up. That's it. All right, and then number one, the, the no-brainer for me is the Arizona Cardinals. For some odd reason, this team is just finding a way to win. Uh, I think it's just will, sheer will, and, and, and these guys have the mindset of, hey, we, in order to be considered the favorite, we must continue to build on what we have. Uh, some of the players that they lost along the way, uh, I thought it was it was going to be a killer for their defense, and, and it's still up in the air of what what their defense could really be without JJ Watt. Um, but I just want to see what they're going to continue to do in the, probably the next four weeks, or let me know if the Cardinals are for real or or not. And, and the reason why I say that is because they have some some tests uh, uh, in the next four weeks. A bunch of division games are coming back around. And, and then so um, with that being said, I just want to see how they fare all the way through this, particularly um, when they play against the Rams again later on in the season. I want to see how they're going to do against them and the 49ers as well. Those are the two teams I want to see how they're going to do against them because the 49ers are starting to find their way. So if the 49ers start to find their way, that, that means they're going to continue to beat up on Seattle in the division. And then I just want to see – What's going to happen with the Rams as well? How are the Rams going to fare when they come off their bye? So, all right. So that's that's it for for the stream, guys. Um, if you guys lasted to this this whole time, I, I appreciate you guys. Uh, once again, if you haven't already, uh, be like, comment, subscribe to the TV uh, work. Uh, I do these every Tuesday. Um, and as we get closer, we'll start doing something with the playoffs and, and, and so forth. Uh, who you think is going to make it, maybe a playoff predictor or something like that, or who I think will make the playoffs and, and stuff and so forth. All right. So, again, uh, thank you guys, and uh, you guys have a great day. Peace. Are you ready, Jerry? I'm ready. I just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Show me the money. Oh, you didn't know? Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling.
my shoes on, you wouldn't last a mile. Summertime, wintertime, I'm on the grind. Yeah, I got the ring, I'm the champ, I'm the genie of the lamp. This is the gift I was given, so I just live by my Make money, 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 make money,